This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. From Tyson Fury last week, we move to another British sporting legend because we caught up today with the four-time, the double-double Olympic gold medal winning long-distance runner, Sir Mo Farah, the magnificent Jumeirah Zabil Sarai. And he's staying there with his yeah, lovely family. He certainly is, his Mo, and he looked relaxed, he looked well, so he is. He was telling us he was giving rave reviews and a free plug this to the award-winning Indian restaurant down there at the Jumeirah Zabil Sarai Amala. He was talking up the fact that he's just loved getting away from the cold the wind and the rain of Britain at this time of year he's enjoying himself and when he was coming over here he reached out to us he said lads I'm over in your neck of the woods I'd love to sit down with you and have a natter and that's exactly what we did as you've already alluded to Rob the double double Olympic champion 5,000 and 10,000 metre winner in 2012 in London of course Rio in 2016 he backed it up four years later and well we were having the chat over breakfast this morning before catching up with Mo we were wondering and pondering has he retired? Well, that's it, because, of course, he missed out on the Olympics over in Tokyo last year, did not qualify, and at the age of 38, surely it might now be time to hang up his running spikes. Was that the case? He started this conversation by telling us he was still very much active and eyeing yet more milestones. Mate, I'm still active. I've not retired. It seems like I've retired because a lot of people like, you know, yourself, do ask the questions, which is a great question. Where am I? What am I doing? Have I retired? And... and thing is I'm not I'm still kind of active and just really enjoying taking my time um, as I said last year was a difficult year for me um, that's just been honest and it, it was tough but at the same time I'm not retired I feel like I still got it and not obviously not as good as 2012 slow down as you got on yeah but I'm Happens still enjoying all. myself and um, still active as, as a society we seem to enjoy retiring people <laughs> uh, I think uh, <laughs> a- Andy three years ago Andy Murray was retired by the Australian Open yeah. and there he was, of course, competing just a couple of weeks ago, and, and he's had some great success. And I think what he said, and what, what he's always gone on record of saying is, I'm enjoying my tennis, therefore why would I stop doing what I love doing? I have a passion for it. What's your your approach to it? Because obviously, as you, you mentioned, you alluded to, as you get older, it gets harder. What's your own kind of uh, feeling towards running now, and kind of your own aspirations, and how have you recalibrated those? Yeah, I think, to be honest, like last year for me was a was a tough year. Just being, you know, as an athlete, you always want to go to Olympics. You want to be able to compete for your country. And not being able to make the team was a difficult one for me. Um, and at that point, I was like, you questions like, where am I? What am I doing? But the thing is, I do still enjoy it. I love it. And I, I still got the passion for it. And I kind of still believe, you know, I'm capable of, of mixing with the best still. And if I didn't, then you kind of think back and go, look, take a step back, time to retire. But I still kind of believe myself. Um, I've, 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 I've kind of like, you know, it's frustrating because last year you kind of thought I was in great shape and obviously being injured was, was difficult. And, and sometimes, you know, I've been lucky enough the last 10 years being injury free. And you don't even look back one second. You just keep going and, and keep going. And when it does go edge of the cliff, which pretty much was last year, you kind of take a look back and go, God, I've never had this for 10 years. Yeah. But the thing is, I still enjoy it. I still love it. And I've been active and just juggling with the kids and just keep keep grafting. I think that's the key. Um, as I said, we, we saw Andy Murray, a massive fan of him, by the way. And to see what he's gone through as an athlete and to mm. come back on the other side, it's incredible. And uh, same again myself. It's like you want to be able to, when you look at athletes, you want to kind of see them as a role model and see what it is. Because being an athlete is one thing. 
and you know being a celebrity and being someone else it's another thing because you've got to kind of balance both of them and, and sometimes as a as an athlete that's that's difficult I wonder you say that it was difficult how difficult Mo last year because of course you didn't reach Tokyo 2020 give us an insight where did the head go family life did, did you hit a dark place and, and how did you pull yourself out of that no, I'm lucky enough, you know. I've got a great family. I've got beautiful kids and, and people, good people around me. So at the same, t- at that point, I was like, "Listen, that ain't happening. This is what I am." And you just got to be honest with yourself, and you got to be ruthless and go, "Listen, that, that's you got to step out." And I did step out, and I took the kids to South of France, and we enjoyed a good time, and obviously watched the Olympics. Did you? Yeah, because I'm good friends with Andy, um, Andy Butchard, and saw him competing and, and, and 1500 meters men, and and I see the young younger athletes coming along and I think that was a massive motivation for me to see you know how far we've come since 2012 and, and how we're mixing in with, with the best so at that point I kind of took a step back and, and then slowly getting back into it it's taken me six months to be able to get back running so wow. my foot so that's how long it's literally taken because my foot had the stress fracture of my foot couldn't do anything and it's right at the bottom of your foot so where you put your foot down right on the on little toe I couldn't do anything. And and frustrating part is like, you want to get back out there, but you can't. And how do you deal with that? As, as the body, you know, inevitably, I think you're 38 now, is that correct, yeah. Mo? As the body kind of ages, you know, it happens to us all. So, I mean, to a, a professional elite <laughs> yeah. athlete, no, it it's a little bit different. different. <laughs> yeah. I haven't really changed much in the last yeah. 12 years, but, uh, but, but how do you kind of emotionally deal with that? Because obviously you are, you reach the pinnacle. You mm-hmm. are, you're the number one. You're the most successful distance track athlete of all time. Therefore, how do you set goals for mm. this year? You just you mentioned to us before we went on air. It is a big year for you. What what is what what quantitates success for Mo Farah in 2022? I think success comes down to obviously what I have achieved. It's so difficult to be able to match that because you've you've I've gone 10 years on a run where you go, you know, European Worlds, Olympics, Olympics. So it's hard to kind of think back and go, yeah, yeah, he's capable of coming third or fourth for me because of what I have achieved, third or fourth or fifth. It's not good enough, you know. Uh, you're a winner because you're a winner, and that's what you've done over the years for the last ten years. So to be the, you know, to mix in, I would never put myself in that position if I wasn't capable of. And I feel like you know I'm 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 capable of mixing with, with the best. And see so what goes. I, again, it's seeing yourself and being honest with yourself and go, okay, it's a long year. Do races. See where you are what time you run uh, can you mix in with the best and then make that decision if you can mix in with the best and challenge them then you put yourself in Michael, Michael Phelps wanted to retire in London I believe 2012 but he wasn't happy with his performance <laughs> in London so he came back he went through hell for the next four years to sort of right that wrong yeah. came back was happy with his performance in, in Rio and then, and, then, and then stepped away is, that, is there something is for you is that unfinished business because you, you didn't manage to make it to the Olympics last year you want to go out the way you want to go about you want to author your own kind of story at the end no for sure and I said to myself last year if that did happen maybe it would have been a different story and again it have to come down from you as an athlete and, uh, and for me I would love to be able to you know compete my home town in London um, in a marathon or something and then say goodbye and, and you know share the love and, and to just see people because there's a lot of people out there who you know for me 2012 if it wasn't for them people I would never have achieved what I have achieved so in a way I feel like you know to the crowd to the people to so, to celebrate with them and, and for me you know 
let's see this year see where we are because we've got the Commonwealth we've got the Europeans we've got the world champs it's a lot there's a lot on this year there is and listen I'm not writing your retirement just yet Mo but I want to get a little bit reflective with you if I can a lot of people will be watching this and they'll have their own questions and and one that I always look back and and Robbie's already given you your CV your CV's a remarkable one when you look back on all that you've achieved um, and the, the kind of hardships you've gone through Mo what is the one that stands out for you as being the one that you say that Super Saturday we'll maybe get to in a second yeah. that might not be your own answer to this what is the achievement though that, that sets uh, above all the others and why that's a good one and I think for me the one that stands out the most have to be London 2012 there's no question of a doubt because as an athlete you know, you dream of becoming Olympic medalist, so you dream competing for your country at the Olympics. That's what every athlete dreams of. And being able to compete in my hometown and to have 75,000 people cheer Edward. for you. Goosebumps. That was, the, that was the moment. He's achieved so much in the sport. And when he, Jessica Ennis-Hill, Greg Rutherford, and of course, Samoa himself, won gold in front of a home crowd, it unified oh. an entire nation. His gold medal was part of a wider story that night. And we wondered if that made it so much more special to him. It was nice. It wasn't just about me, but to be part of what we did achieve that in 45 minutes, it's nice to be a part and, and to me to see my fellow athlete winning another gold medal as well and at home. It was just super, I guess, super. Give us an insight if you can. We, we've spoken, <laughs> Robbie and I, to, to so many athletes about recreating that buzz, scoring a goal at the Stretford end. I'm a Man United fan, yeah. also. For, Sorry, for, for, it's an Arsenal reference. From an Arsenal here. reference, <laughs> it's the clock end, let's yeah. say, at the old Highbury. Recreating that buzz, a lot of athletes struggle. With you, the electricity, I can only imagine what it was like in that London Olympic Stadium. You had Greg Rutherford, Jessica Ennis Hill, yourself, of course, all winning gold that night. To recreate that, have you ever been able to, to bottle it? Do you, and be honest with us yeah. now, Mo, do you jump on YouTube? Do you watch it and you play <laughs> and get the goosebumps? No, you do. You know, every athlete is often, you know, you go through patches where, you know, how do you motivate yourself? Everybody needs motivation. And at times, yeah, I do look back and go YouTube. So if I'm on the treadmill on a 10 mile run in my man cave. And at times I'll go, this is fun and hard. I click on certain races because I want to be able to have Remember. that feeling and that memory again. And, and often that gives you, you know, a goosebump and it gives you a bit of lift and not even just 2012, but other races as well. You're like, I know the training I did that race. Let's see how I look. And then you look back and go, yeah, look a little bit tired, but maybe if he would have come close the gap, maybe I wouldn't have got there. And it's just kind of, you play with your mind and, and often we need motivation, every one of us. Um, yeah, I have achieved a lot, but I still kind of need to motivate myself. A lot of people, I know so many people who, who have that night indelibly yeah. imprinted on their, on their memories. You know, I remember it as if it was 10 years ago. Can you believe that? It's coming <laughs> yeah. up 10 years ago. Tell us something we don't know. Give us a little bit of insight into what life was like for you in that 24 hour period, maybe that you haven't mentioned before. God, mate. To be honest, I was one of, a, pe- a good friend of mine. Um, so my coach at the time uh, wasn't my coach, but Gary Locke um, was out in front remote, and it was a week before. And he says to me, "Listen, if you pull this one off, you know your life is going to change." I was like, "Hey, whatever." Didn't pay attention to anything. Didn't think 
didn't think about it one moment. Um, when to, when in the uh, Olympic 2012, two days before, you go in, get your accreditation, you go through the whole lot, you sleep. You try to sleep that night. There's no sleep. Did you not? No, you can't sleep. So what you are you doing? Sleep the you night before night Super before. Saturday. Well, you do sleep a bit, but you toss, you turn, and you can't because. You, it's like I'm starting to wonder what time you'd have run if you'd had a full night's sleep, mate. <laughs> mate, every athlete goes through this, I'm telling you. Is it butterflies? It's just the butterflies and you, you kind of uh, picture it in your mind. What could happen? What, 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 what could you do? Which other athletes are around? So you kind of think about the race a lot. And at that point, be lucky enough to get three or four hours sleep and then you try and have a little nap in the afternoon. Just rest, rest up. That's all you can do. You go in the mid bus and you go through, you warm up two hours before, you go through the whole cold room, and at that moment it's the most nerve-wracking ever because oh. that's that moment of your life, four years, you've been training for. And there's nothing you can do because all the training's been done. And any good. doubts? Do any doubts start to creep in? Yeah, you do have a lot of doubts. You do tend to think, oh my God, what happened if I don't do it? All these people are here. But at that moment I was just thinking, you know what? I've done everything I need to do in training. There's nothing else I can do. But I can, you know, it's just my responsibility to control this race and to run as efficient as you can and not waste any energy. And often that's where you get like, athletes going to the front and going crazy because people don't know how to deal with certain nerves or anxiety. You, you go through a lot. And at that moment, I was, you know, I'll just Same. try and kind of stay, stay cool, stay relaxed, you know, in case the race is going to kick in. And the gun goes off. <laughs> Do those fears evaporate? Is it then just... So once the gun goes off, you're relief because you're like, not in a cage anymore, but you're out on a track. And you're running and at that, that point when it starts, you just kind of try and run your own race, but also have your mind who's who, where everybody else is because often if you leave it to a massive gap then you know the race can be lost well, or was there a point in the race mode and again we're really going into this and Robbie's asked a question about something we don't know and we're getting caught up here but I'm keen to transport us there was there a moment in the race where for just a split second you thought I've got this this I knew from every lap five laps out the more I can stay and the more they can run that pace. I was building my confidence, my belief and going, yeah, miles to go, 1,200, 800, and then last 600, and you're like, listen. This is it. Because they this needed to lose you. They you didn't need to, you, you knew you had them down the stretch, so they needed to shake you off before you got to that final 600. Yeah, so I knew my, in my mind, if I, they went four laps to go as hard as they could and burn me out and, and you know, take that kick out of me, then it would have been more harder for me. But at that point, you kind of just take your time, get your energy back, and just stay, 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 stay till the bell went off. Um, and I did get excited a couple of times where you, know, when I ever went to the front, the crowd would go, Ooh, and I was like, and you can yeah. hear them, and I could hear them. And at that point, I'm like, don't get excited, Mo, hold back, hold back, and and you just work your way through. Amazing discipline yeah. that you you would have had. Did you visualise winning? Because a lot of athletes do positive visualisation to manifest that reality. Did you do that? I'm one of the athletes. I'll try and study other athletes. I'll try and do what they can and can't do and what you could do. And, and if it came down to that point, where would you be? And at that point, I was like, Bikili's there. you got Gabriel Mascot. You, you had quite a lot of people and you kind of studied them and knowing what they're capable of. But you got to also position yourself in, in the right position because often if you're not in the right position, you can't get beat. And it comes down to 
less than half a second. Uh, are you in pain, Mo? I've always asked that, uh, or always wondered it more to the point. I'm asking it now. Are you in pain? Do you feel the muscle? Where does your mind go that switches that off to say, this is the Olympic final. I've got to kick from home. This pain, I've got to manage. I've got to get rid of it and kick for home. Yeah, you're always in pain. You're always in pain. Listen, if you wasn't in pain, then you're in the wrong sport. Yeah. And it, it will hurt at a certain point, but I always tell, it, tell myself this, and this is how I get through it. You always got more than what you think you have. And that's true. You, you put yourself out there in that scenario, you know you got more. And often it's in that instinct. We always got more than what we think we have, but we think we got this. And often you got to push yourself that further. And often I'm like, you just got to have that drive and believe. You got the drive, you've got the belief, you cross that finish line. We see the emotion. We see the celebration. That photo, I still remember it. The eyes. Yeah. The eyes. <laughs> the eyes tell more than a thousand words. The emotion at that point, relief I would imagine. Euphoria, take us there, take us in your mind. It doesn't quite, you can't quite believe it. And, I, and often it's like, I don't even know why I do it. I look back at video and go, I'm slapping my head. What was the reason <laughs> for that? I don't know till this day. It's just, you, you it's just come naturally, I think. It's one of the things where you slap yourself and you go, and then you kind of do figure of eight and you see the crowd. And that point, it got really emotional because you're like, you know what, whatever happens, you achieve what you set out to. And, and that, was the, that was for me that moment. And, and at that point, you're like, what else can I do? You start to think. Do you, st- do you start thinking it that night, minutes after you yeah. think, the world's my oyster, what else can I do now? No, you do, you do. You never kind of enjoy that moment you do enjoy to set trick and you're like yeah I've got this but you're always thinking okay double 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 let's <laughs> do I could do the double okay we've got to go full circle because you've got to tell us behind the scenes Mo I know you mentioned off air just before we had this chat you know just little little, little anecdotes from <laughs> from Super Saturday that Olympic weekend that was kind of the crowning achievement for you Mate, it was brilliant and um, for me when I achieved you know in, in the 10,000 metres one now that night I was like, listen, I want to go and see my family. And then the following day, I was like, I'm going to go see my kids out there. Obviously, they, my kids came on the track. My wife was heavily pregnant. My oldest daughter, Rihanna, she came on the track at the time, like a little kid, she's taller than me now. And it was nice to celebrate, but I didn't really talk to them and, and get engaged with them. So often, as actually, you go through the whole procedure of interviews. By the time you finish, it's like midnight. So you, you go back to your athlete's village. Once you go back there, then the following day, you organise to go and see your family. And I organised it to see my family. I was like, oh, I just want to go and see them. And they're like, we've got you a book to taxi here, it's coming in. And I walked out and I'm like, Mate, the traffic is... It was hard because, you know, athletes are going to go through whole security and stuff. And I was like, I, I'm not going on a taxi. I'm taking my medal with me. And then I had my, uh, had my, put my hoodie on, my glasses on. I went on underground. You had your medal in your pocket? It, yeah. So I got my medal, got my medal, went through it. That was not the moment to get mugged on the London. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No. I, had, I, had, I had one of, uh, friend of mine who was travelling with me, and at that point I was just like, listen, it's going to take me about 20 minutes to go on underground, but if I were to go on a, uh, in the car, in a, in a taxi, it'd take about an hour and a half. So I was just like, I don't want to be... I don't. So you go from 
Taking, you go from electrifying an entire <laughs> Olympic stadium to riding on a London underground. Why not? And I, we've all been there, <laughs> yeah. listlessly, just the, the train just chugging along. Just going along. And just probably switch. wondering to yourself, is anyone going to recognise me? Did Listen, anyone recognise you? No, nobody recognises except one person. And that person did recognise me, looked at me hard, and he gave me a little nod. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold it down. <laughs> and that was only one person. And did that ground you? Uh, did, was that at that moment more you, you realised, yes, okay, your life will change. It's changed, uh, you know, immeasurably yeah. since that night. But that little bit of realism, I would imagine that was so powerful. Yeah, no, it was nice to have that. And as an athlete, listen, we can't carry that, get carried ourselves and, and toward it. It is what it is. We're just good at what we do. We make the most of it and, and move on. And that's how I see it. I never like to think... Yeah, literally, I've achieved this, I've achieved this, and it's no point. And in that, in that point, that person did recognise me, gave me that, and it was just kind of respect and go, yeah, I know who you are, but listen, you in the kinito, you got your hoodie, I'm not going to disturb Brilliant. you. Uh, we always like to pry as to how athletes, particularly ones who've won as much as you have, choose to kind of celebrate that in, in their home. <laughs> and uh, Rory McIlroy, the golfer, was on a podcast talking about when he went to Tiger's house. Yeah. He saw the, the 15 majors displayed yeah. and the other the 80, 80 or so were just tucked in the, probably in the cupboard, you know, ca- gathering dust. What, what's the, give us the Samo Farah, <laughs> uh, you know, display if you can. Yeah. Mate, listen, I keep all my stuff in my man cave, what I call the man cave. I've got a nice treadmill on there, a screen TV, and then I've got a bike, I've got a pool, t- uh, a pool, and then I've got like my medals just around the room. Um, all of them. Pretty much all of them, yeah. And, and uh, does that, because there's two schools of thought there. One, you look at it and you think, look at how much you've achieved. Don't really need to be doing this daily grind. The other side of the coin is, well, look at what I've achieved. I want to add another medal to that space because I've got them all around the house, but there's a couple <laughs> of spaces there. How does it work for you? Does it fuel you on a daily basis, Mo? No, it does fuel me. And even for me, looking back at my room, sometimes I'm like, yeah, that's from 2010 all the way through, you know, and 2018 Chicago Marathon, 2019, I'm like, what was I doing? 2020, what was I doing? 2021. And you do start to think, but you know what? Sometimes we take it for granted for, for what it is. Yes, I've had an amazing career, last 10 years, injury free, and you do get hiccups. And again, it's, it's how we do and how, how do we respond back. He chose to walk away from competing on the track, of course, after Rio 2016, to focus on running the marathon. The man's mad is what he is. We mentioned that a little earlier. And we wanted to ask him, if he hadn't gone down that route, would we have seen him at Tokyo 2020? Because, of course, Mo Farah failed to reach the Olympics last year. And this was his response. It's difficult to say. But in honesty, um, it's one of the things when you achieve so much on the track and you see year after year, you want to be able to challenge yourself. And I just like felt like, you know, I need to do something new. I want to challenge myself. I want to see what it's like. Can I do this or can I not? And at the same time, I didn't, feel, I didn't think it's going to be complicated. I was like, listen, you've, you've done on the track so many years. Why can you not do the marathon and just see what happens? And did it shock you how difficult it was? It, it did shock me. And my training had to change. I had to do more longer runs. I had to do more training camps because in the marathon, you can only compete two times a year. You can't do more than that. And for me, what was hard about the marathon was you, you compete. And then six months later, 
you compete again but you got a whole six months even if it went wrong or right you've got to wait six months yeah and that's harder sometimes than that because being on a track runner you can have a bad race and go I know how that felt I know what needs to change and you go and change it and then you do next race and you're like I changed that something didn't quite right here and that's how you tune yourself to be fine after. Uh, that's interesting that I, I never thought of it like that you've got to wait six months which means you've got to rewire yourself re-wire. because you've got to keep that feeling of where it went wrong and how I felt and you've got to then put in place the kind of corrections six months later I never thought of it like that and, and to me that I find that hard I am learning and, and you start to understand more and more um but at the same time, that was hard for me. I was like, where, where does, sorry, just to jump in, where does the, the European record in Chicago, 2018, two hours and five minutes and 11 seconds, I, don't, I personally don't feel that that gets enough credit because, you know, <laughs> that's not a bad effort, Mo. You know, given the it's fact you've dominated the track and you've set a European record over in Chicago and, and people do, the general consensus might be, mm, Sermo didn't do quite what he wanted to do in marathons. How, how do you feel I, about it? I think it's always going to be difficult for people to see me in a, in a way if, if you're not competing with the best and winning the major marathon just because of what I have achieved is so much more harder yeah. but again Chicago was a, as a brilliant to win a, ch- a major marathon to break the British record to break the European record at the time it was nice and I, for me it's probably one of the you know be- best races I've seen since you know Rio 20, uh, 2016 from that point onwards you're all about motivation I get that I get a sense that you want to change the kind of society you want people more active and, and getting fit and healthy and living active lives that's commendable I wonder is there any part of you that wants to get into the hierarchy to get into the IOC I know Thomas back again has been coming in for a lot of criticism is there any part of you that wants to engender change at the top end I would love to be able to involve in athletics because what you have achieved as an athlete and what you've gone through you know it and I think from athlete responsibility you can give and change athletes and, and athletes platform and I think it's one of these things athlete being engaged more with the system it helps and I, and I think often as you said like someone comes along they know how to run a business but it's not you not going to run a business you going from as, as an athlete to you know making them understand that and, and, and seeing them what, how they can engage more how, what they could do how can we help them I've, I've always love to see that would that be a criticism that perhaps it has been for too long now run like a business and perhaps they're not looking they're not thinking athlete first fan second probably business third they've got that upside down they do but again in order to do that they have to think like that so to me it's like it's, it's hard to say but again if they, there was engagement in the middle ground and I think it, it's it's nice for that uh, athlete in my opinion because often even myself I've been in that position where you go listen that's part of it you've yeah. got to do that if I had my crystal ball and go listen I can do this I can do that to get more out of them well listen that's all for the future the here and now is 2022 Commonwealth Europeans world you take a pick you, you're think, gonna, you're you're you know up. where I'm going we're going to be back here in 12 months and then months. in the ring with Tyson Fury and Tyson, well, Tyson Fury to <laughs> Samoa Far it's been a heck of a week for us it's been an even better week for you you're on holiday here at the Jumeirah Zabil Zarai coming back to it though Mo, we're going to sit here hopefully with you in 12 months time you're going to be showing us some medals are you confident that this will be not the swan song for Samoa Farah, but a year in which your name is up in lights once again I would love to listen I'm a champion and I'm athletes who's been in 
this you know championship year after year and again if I wasn't capable then you wouldn't put yourself in, in that position but me being talking to you and saying I'm going to have a medal it ain't going to work like that <laughs> I've got to graft I've got to put in the work I've got to believe myself and carry myself to the line there's nothing that you know me to give an interview doing stuff and say I'm going to do this ain't going to change anything it's, it's you know what I put in it's what I get out of and again I've got a lot of work and I've got to keep grafting keep working hard and put in the work We'll see you on that Jamira running track. Mo. Yeah, maybe. There's going to be a Jamira running track here soon. So we'll see you there. Yeah, watch this space. <laughs> so nice. one, we are going to see you at Dubai Marathon one day. We're going to see you. Yeah. At some point. Surely more. <laughs> that was a yeah you. affirmative. That was a yeah, right? Yeah, but right. Pay me Robbie? the big bucks. And okay. <laughs> Sir Mo Farah, it's wonderful to see you. I mean it sincerely. You're looking great. That smile never changes. I won't say the best of luck to Arsenal because I'm a Man United fan and we need to finish top four. But other than that, love to the fans. Family. Love to yourself, Mo. Good luck for 2022, and we'll see you back down here at Jimenez Abuels and I sometime soon. We'll do, mate. Thank you so Come much. On. The Offscript Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please do go ahead and click subscribe. You can also check out our other podcasts, Time Capsule or The Big Interview. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. 